This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Clint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers Mike Vendis joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? Well, that's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weights. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, our guest here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandel, our guest here. Jason Walker. Deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Hey, happy uh, Thursday. It is the Jason Walker Show. Inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave, pr- uh, proudly brought to you by Capital Collision Center. The best at repairing your vehicle. The best at customer service and so much more. Big show today. Big, big show. We've got on this day in history, we've got some uh, news about fans in the stands. We've got some news out of the Pac-12 conference. In fact, speaking of the Pac-12 it is our daily or our first weekly uh, Thursdays with Nicole. That's what we'll call it. Uh, that's what she said. Brought to you by Dinner's Done Right with uh, Nicole Ragoni from the Pac-12 Network. She will join us coming up um, each and every Thursday, and it's uh, it's going to be awesome because she's awesome. And uh, we had so much fun chatting with her a while ago, a couple weeks ago, and uh, yeah. All right, I got all sorts of stuff. There we go. Do we finally get this figured out? I think so. All right, so Nicole's coming up in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Uh, and some of the we're going to talk a lot. It's just a, it's her perspective on sports and what's going on in the world of sports and uh, and pop culture. So looking forward to uh, to that. Uh, we'll talk some um, NBA stuff, some college football, and a whole lot more on the way. So there you go. Uh, you can listen. On Network One Sports, also on Podbean, I believe. And you can also uh, go to the Jason Walker Show website. That's jasonwalkershow.com and watch anything and uh, go from there. Okay? So, there you go. All right. I think we're live on Facebook, YouTube, and uh, Twitter as well. So, you can email us anytime at jwalkersports, or that's the Twitter, jasonwalkersports at gmail.com is our um, website. So email, whatever. Did you know what I was talking about? It's going to be fun. <laughs> anyway. All right, so we'll talk to Nicole Ragoni coming up. But we're going to start today with uh, the COVID update, our daily. That's what we do. And Montana reporting 184 new cases today. Gives us 2,033 active, 151 in the hospital, 111 deaths, uh, 5,727 have recovered, and we have a cumulative 7,871 cases since March in the state of Montana. But um, more than 5,000 of those have come uh, in the last, uh, what, two months? So. Uh, so there you go. Trying to get uh, stuff downloaded, loaded up, and and everything. I was on a great call today on um, 
with the National Sports Media Association, of which I'm a member and two-time winner, uh, Montana Sportscaster of the Year, but uh, they were talking with some hockey guys today. And it was really entertaining because if you remember, I did hockey um, last year a couple of times with uh, SWX Montana, which was really awesome. It, it was super fun. And I had never called hockey before, so it was cool to be calling hockey and then hearing from some pros uh, today, and uh, hopefully I get the chance to call more hockey moving forward next year, which was which was pretty cool. All right. Um we got COVID. All right, so some news came out. Remember yesterday we talked about this, and I told you this was going to happen. As Yellowstone County came out yesterday and said, hey, look, schools in Yellowstone County can make their own decisions on if they want fans in the stands, which left Lewis and Clark County as the lone county, uh, AA, to, and let's not forget Class A, to not have fans in the stands. Well, that's going to change. Uh, so today the news came out that Lewis and Clark County has kind of changed its mind. And a special meeting, the Board of Health has paved the way for spectators. Uh, Drendan Neiman, the public health officer, issued an amendment to uh, county health, which uh, it basically there's a separation of school-related activities and spectators of activities. It was approved. It was adopted. It has to be um, put into effect, but it's basically going to allow Helena, Capital, East Helena to have fans in the stands. As of right now for Helena Public Schools, it appears to be two passes per participant, which has been the norm across the state, and only immediate family. So immediate family defined as people living in the same home or in this uh, case of a split family, a uh, parent that lives outside the home. Those are it. You get two passes. Not allowed to be distributed to anybody other than immediate family. You have to wear masks. You have to social distance. And it's looking as if East Helena and Helena will be able to have a limit of 250 people in the stands. And no out-of-town spectators as of now. That is basically going to change. My guess is probably next week. Because your beloved governor, Steve Bullock, will come in to save the day because he's taking a beating from Steve Daines right now in the Senate race. Uh, so that is basically it. So we've got, they're trying to get it approved immediately, the district's plan immediately, so that there can be fans in the stands for Capitol and Helena High Soccer this weekend. Um, told you this was going to happen yesterday. Uh, East Helena hosts Lockwood on Tuesday. And then uh, next week on the 11th, you've got Helena High hosting Butte. And then Capital is up at Glacier for uh, AA football. So that's where we're at. We knew it was going to happen. And um, I told you so. It's good. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal for the parents. Don't screw it up. Don't try to transpose these passes. Don't try to do anything dumb. Don't screw it up. We wanted the kids to have their seasons. They got it. At least they get to start their seasons. There was a lot of complaining on a certain Facebook page that is two just morons run the page. But parents told me 
will gladly sit out and watch from home if it means the kids get to have a season. Well, then that was the original plan, and then parents complained because, well, that's what parents do. So parents don't screw this up for the kids. Nothing's been approved and finalized yet. Don't be showing up unless by, t- uh, by Saturday, unless this is approved by tomorrow. Okay? Don't screw it up for the kids, because there's only two people that are going to do it, and it's the parents. If you get passes, don't try to give them to grandma or grandpa or aunt or uncle. Don't screw it up for the kids. Speaking of kids, Sydney High has uh, changed its uh, procedure. Sydney Public Schools previously said that fans only local would be allowed to attend games. And it was going to be originally athletes, cheerleaders, and pep band members going to be given four tickets for each event. This is in Sydney. Now they will allow out-of-town spectators as well. And give uh, So they're going to give four tickets to home athletes and cheerleaders, two tickets to band members. Why does band continually get screwed here? Band members are people, too. Um, Sydney Public Schools will also give 60 tickets to visiting volleyball and football teams for their spectators and have designated um, areas to sit in. So there you go. That's good. Again, you got to wear the masks, and especially indoors, required indoors, outdoor, uh, six feet of distance, you don't have to wear a mask if you can maintain six feet of distance. So that's in uh, Sydney. Crazy. And the six-man football playoffs are getting moved. We'll talk about that coming up as well. But, um, yeah, interesting stuff, interesting stuff, no doubt about that as uh, we get set for sports to really get kicked into high gear coming up here in the next uh, few days. I know there are some events already, especially golf, but uh, with football getting started next week, East Helena the JV beat Lockwood JV last week. And I know we don't cover JV, but it's still pretty cool because it's East Helena, and they're, they're my new team, the Vigilantes. There are scrimmages tonight in Helena, which I don't know if the fans are allowed yet, but you have uh, the Capitol Bruins and Helena High Bengals scrimmaging tonight at Vigilante. And it appears there are no fans in the stands. Looks like Helena High is going first. Uh, So there you go. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and there is a whole lot of stuff going on across the country. And this is cool because every Thursday now, you know, uh, what was his name? Mitch Album. He had Tuesdays with Maury. We get Thursdays with Nicole. That's what she said, brought to you by Dinner's Done Right. And it's a a lady, it's a a woman's perspective on sports and pop culture, and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to start it today. And uh, we're going to talk about the uh, college football season that is in some and isn't in others. The Pac-12 making a big news today. Uh, Some volleyball stuff, some NBA stuff, some NFL maybe. Who knows? It's Nicole's segment. We're going to just sit back and listen to Nicole Ragoni when we return here on the Jason Walker Show presented by Capital Collision Center. 
New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark has been shooting beautiful photos all across the Treasure State from rodeos to portraits and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work. Then give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. MarkLaRoePhotography.com Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zynico. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zynico has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rucker's Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rucker's, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rucker's Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Oh, welcome back, Jason Walker Show, presented by Capital Collision Center. Inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave, this segment brought to you by Rutgers Furniture. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Barry Abrams from ESPN In the Gate podcast will preview the Kentucky Derby. Coming up on Saturday. Uh, also tomorrow, Jeff Benedict. He's written an, uh, a book 
about, uh, it's called the Dynasty, it's about the New England Patriots, and uh, discusses in detail Tom Brady leaving, and according to uh, early stuff I've read, it appears that it was Giselle's doing, that is why Tom Brady is now in Tampa Bay. So apparently Giselle had had enough of being um, cold and moved to Tampa Bay, so I don't know. Hey! There's, there's probably nobody better to talk about a woman's perspective of warm weather and cold weather than our, uh, our, our guest now each and every Thursday. Her name is Nicole Regoni. Uh, I'm trying the Italian. Did it work? Yes, you said it right. <laughs> um, I remembered. <laughs> it is so good to have you, Nicole. Um, let me put you on the camera. Hey, there you are. Uh, because uh, when we talked a couple of weeks ago, it was just a fun conversation, kind of a get to know you. And then you texted me and said, can we make this a regular thing? Because I'm bored with no sports. And uh, I said, absolutely. So here you are. Here I am. Absolutely <laughs> bored with no sports in the Pac-12. Oh, my gosh. And then immediately when you texted me about the Pac-12 article, of course I didn't hear about it. I was doing my hair for the show. Oh, geez. So I had curling iron in one hand and then reading this article, and I was like, oh, my gosh, i got to get this down. Uh, yeah, so, so we'll talk about that here in a second. That's a woman's take for you. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's exactly right. And see, that is the behind-the-scenes stuff that is uh, going to make you super famous because you're not the only one, I'm sure, that – has prepared for a story or some sort of appearance with a curling iron in her hand and a phone in the other. But at least, Nicole, you have a phone. So two weeks ago, you were on vacation. You lost all electronics. All of it. All of it. Gone, <laughs> done. Apple, I'm not even kidding you. I was on the phone with Apple customer service on my mom's phone, and they literally sent me new electronics immediately because they were like, I don't even know what happened and no water damage no cracked screen nothing just gone so wow. ptsd with the electronics <laughs> <laughs> well were you freaking out a few minutes ago because i didn't quite have you on the air yet and then i was like oh no i lost you actually i did <laughs> i did i had a little panic i was like it's fine everything's fine like we'll be fine it's yep. no big deal <laughs> and i was freaking out a little <laughs> uh so nicole ragoni our guest this is and i mentioned this uh, on twitter and also on the show but it's um it's like Tuesdays with Maury with Mitch Album, and now it's Thursdays with Nicole. I like it. I loved your name. That's what she said. I mean, it sounds like a late night show, right? But I like the name of it. That's what she said. It's a good one. That's what she said. It is brought to you by Dinners Done Right, and uh, they've been uh, great supporters of uh, of this show for from day one. Um, so Nicole Ragoni, Pac-12 analyst. Not a lot of Pac-12 sports right now, but that could be changing based off of what Larry Scott said today. Exactly. I think that with this new test of the rapid results, things could be sped up. Now, I will say this. It is funky timing with how the Big Ten is coming back. Mm -hmm. And now you're hearing the Pac-12 starting to, like, inch along, massage along the idea of playing sports in November or December. Now, regardless, I don't really care as long as we get it back. 2020 is weird. The whole year has been strange. And so just to even have the Pac-12 come back and potentially play 10 games, the Big Ten potentially do 10 games, and then maybe in the fall revisit the national championship um, team to see who wins in each conference. Maybe that's how they're going to do it. I have no idea, but I am 
so excited about this testing and that if the rapid result um, does really well in Pac-12 between all the different conferences and all the different teams, just spread it throughout all the other conferences. Put it in the Big Ten. Put it in the Big 12. Put it in the SEC. Put it in the ACC. Start spreading it even to other cities and other towns and other states, and maybe it could be absolutely innovative for 2020. Well, one thing Larry Scott didn't mention was the cost, and he refused to, to talk about that, I, I saw in the article. I can't imagine this is super cheap if they're going to test all these student-athletes almost every day. There's no way that is cheap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I talked to an SEC coach this week, and I was like, what's the approximate range of COVID testing? And they said about $100 per player and per test. Wow. So, I mean, just adding that up, it's going to be super expensive. Now, I don't know exactly what this test is going to look like, but these conferences have so much money that I don't think they care about how much it's going to cost. What they care about is putting these athletes back on the field, back in the gym, back wherever they're supposed to be right now for fall, (laughs) and getting full capacity onto the campuses too. I mean, I'm sure that if this testing works in the athletic department, it's going to start spreading onto campus health which is another huge aspect that will be talked about for sure. Um, And it's going to be a great thing if it works out. You bring up a a good point. Before we get to your um, awesomeness that you typed out and sent to me, um, you mentioned the students. Now, the student-athletes have always been treated different than students. Um, Will students have a right to complain or argue that they should get a part of this if the student-athletes are as well? I think so. I definitely think they should be able to argue that point. Um, I think you should have access, like I said, at the student health buildings and wherever they're getting their medical treatment from from campus. I, I think they should have access to it. The hard part where it gets blurry is that the students are on scholarship that are uh, student-athletes. And so automatically they're just going to be treated just a little bit different. But I think they should have access to it if they want it and at least have access to just testing in general at a discounted rate. Um, but, I mean, with the return of students that are, that are going to campus, so I talked to, again, this past week, um, one of the coaches at Oregon State, and I said, what does it look like on campus? Like how many kids are returning? How many are staying away? And he said about 75% of students are returning. And he said it's actually frightening <laughs> because what do students do when they get back on campus? They instantly are in each other's dorm rooms. They're in each other's apartments, wherever they're living, they're commingling. And what else do they do? They party a ton. Yep. The frats and sororities, I cannot imagine how they're going to be able to not party. It's just a part of their culture. So the outbreak, if, if Pac-12 can pull this off for not only in the conference, but for maybe the rest of the country, it would be an absolutely amazing gift that the Pac-12 conference can give to America. Nicole, let me ask you this real quick, too, is um, with with the uh, potential of the outbreak, which is coming when students are all back on campus, but the Pac-12 also brought up the fact that this could be a great step, Larry Scott, the commissioner, a, a great step towards returning in December, maybe November, um, and earlier than in January, which is the last time you and I talked, was uh, was a, that's what they were planning was January first. Um, there's still what four schools in California and two in Oregon that aren't cleared to even have practices. That affects the Pac-12 
directly, uh, not only the big sky as well, but um, how can they proceed if they don't have approval from states to even get on the practice fields? Well, so Pullman used to do this thing where they moved all of their double days to Idaho. Mm. and Or, sorry, when I say Pullman, I meant uh, Washington State. So, and I'm sure you picked up on that, <laughs> but Washington State would move to Idaho and do their practices there, completely secluded, not on campus, away from everybody, which what Mike, Mike Leach is doing, which I think is awesome. I, in a way, I think it's good because it eliminates distraction, and you get to only focus on your sport and what you're actually there for that university for. Yes, you're there for your education, but you also chose that university because of the athletics, the program, whatever, mm-hmm. and during fall is when you're supposed to be most focused. And that's when you take your lighter course loads. So I was taking about 12 or 13 credits during fall because it's just too hard with all the travel. And, I mean, a lot of students that are working and doing jobs, they're doing it on campus. So they have more time. And I'm not saying that it's easier, but they have more time because they're not traveling as much. So with that in mind, I think that you could potentially move your school to a different state nearby or – you're just going to have to work with the state, and then it's going to be so secluded and bubble-like that nobody can penetrate it. You're not getting outside influences, and your players just got to be disciplined. They have to be so disciplined. And I think at this point what we're going to see from college athletes is discipline. I think the coaches are putting that even – I mean, as a college athlete, you already are disciplined. But I think they're going to put that principle – into their everyday lives even more with what's going on with COVID. Pac-12 analyst Nicole Ragoni joining us here, Jason Walker Show. Mike Miller, State Farm Hotline. Um, so let's get to your, um, your your big stuff. There's big news across the country and so many different things, Nicole. And um, Nick Saban on Monday was first in front and leading a BLM protest with the University of Alabama. Um, give me your thoughts on that. I, as a student athlete, former student athlete coming from two parents that were also collegiate athletes. I thought that it was remarkable the way he did it. I think he's being a leader in the community. I think he's showing his players. I think he's showing the South where there's been issues of racial inequality uh, predominantly more in the South than anywhere else. We live on the West Coast, so I don't think we see it as much as we do in the South. Now I'm speaking from the fact that last season I went to Alabama and I covered um, with the G unit um, Alabama three times last season, the Mm. beginning uh, Duke versus Alabama, Tennessee versus Alabama and uh, Mississippi state versus Alabama. So it is different in the South. I will say that. And it's just a tradition. And I think it's something that shouldn't be a tradition period. But it's just the, it's, it's the way people communicate that needs to change. And I think with Nick Saban being the lead of that and showing a peaceful protest, showing his players that are of color, that he is behind them, which is huge. I mean, no matter what anybody can say here, when you are a head coach of a program, no matter if you're at his level or at the bottom, when your players have an issue, you just need to listen, period. You just need to listen. You need to gather where you can help them in that area and where you can give them support. And I think Saban showed that because most of his players are of color and he is in a community that loves football and that needs to change a little bit of the way they go about things. Um, So I think he did a great job. And I think he's just being a leader and that's what he's called to do. He's supposed to show these boys how to be men 
um, and he's doing it the right way. So I, when I saw all the negativity, I was actually pretty upset about that. And now doing some research and seeing different articles of Saban bowing down to the Black Lives Matter, I mean, I, what it comes down to is he works with people of color, mm-hmm. and he has a heart. And when you're a coach, you have to listen to your players. But even simplify that even more. If you are friends with somebody, forget color for a second, and they come to you with an issue, how, what kind of friend are you if you don't listen and, and you don't figure out how you can help this person in any sort of way, whether that's changing the way you communicate, whether that's helping them financially, whether that's helping them in any sort of way, you're going to listen to your friend. So that right now in our society we have a group of individ- individuals that are going through serious pain, and so it's our it's, it's up to us to make a change and it's up to us to listen. And that's a privilege to be able to listen and not have to deal with it on a day-to-day basis. And I think sports can bridge that gap. I think sports can do a great job of seeing both sides. And most of the time, most people aren't exposed to the diversity. And that's something I think needs to change as well. Um, it's diversity in all workplace and athletic. I mean, there's tons in athletics and that's where that gap comes together. And a lot of people I feel like are able to, relate to each other consistently through athletics. So I, I enjoyed watching that, and I thought it was a really good thing that Nick Saban did for his program. Nicole Ragoni, our guest here Thursdays, that's what she said with Nicole. Um, athletes, student-athletes are using their voice since March a lot more, and it's not only for racial equality, not only for equality in general, um, but just life in general, and and we're seeing we saw the Pac-12 guys that said they're going to opt out unless they had like they had like a 19 point you know pre- uh, presentation they wanted. But we're seeing these college athletes finally using the voice that they've had forever, but they've never really felt like they could speak out. And now we're seeing it on all sorts of uh, issues, and I think it's great. I agree. I think having a voice really matters. And when you're using it for the better of student-athletes and the, for the better of the program and for the better of society, I, I, I think that – and, again, this comes down to people being better across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just everybody needs to step up in a different way. And I, I hate the fact that it's turned into a political issue because, at the end of the day, we should be treating everybody the exact same. And that's, that's, we just need to be better as a society and be kinder and listen to each other when we're struggling. I mean, I hope that my friends, people that are coaches, people that I have relationships with, if I'm going through something, they're going to listen. And so let's break it down to, like, a smaller scale than what it has become, this huge eruption across the world within sports, politics, and just globally, um, that I just think it just comes down to making a change and being really conscientious of, how you are communicating with others. I mean, I've had plenty of conversations with some of my black friends about if there was ever a time that I came off um, racist, if I ever have said something wrong or what can I do on the daily to help this cause. And all of them have said pretty much the exact same thing is that just correcting people when they're wrong or speaking out, Initially, when you aren't with your black friends, like if you are in your circles that are of the same race as you, just correcting little things here and there. And I don't think it has to be this huge deal. I think it's just being conscientious every single day of making an effort to do the right thing and continuing to have good communication and being more educated on the social issues. Can, 
what's your thoughts on President Trump getting into the involved with the Big Ten? Because a lot of people are saying, well, it's because it's the swing states, you know, Ohio, Michigan, things like that. But uh, I think it's just a, you know, and I'm not defending any political side here. But what's your thoughts on the President of the United States getting involved in trying to get college football back this fall? Well, that's a heavy topic. (laughs) (laughs) Is it too heavy for the first time we're talking? (laughs) No, no, it's not too heavy. I'm not going to shy away from it. What I am going to say is that I'd love to see uh, him talk to the Pac-12 and not just the Big Ten. So I also think that just coming from somebody that uses sports as an outlet and something that I'm so passionate about, I pursue it as a career. Mm-hmm. I would love to see all, all athletics come back in some sort of form, whatever it may be, whether that's no fans, whether that's 20% capacity, whether that's done in any sort of form. I think sports really do change people's lives from the fans, from people that have just these incredible stories about how this team shaped the way they were, maybe their personality, um, all the way up to the players and the coaches and how they got there. And I would love to see sports come back no matter what. Um, so I would love to see a phone call take place to the Pac-12. <laughs> well, I was just going to say there's a pretty big swing states on the West Coast with California, Oregon, and Washington, which generally aren't Republican states. So you can make a big impact uh, uh, if you get Pac-12 football back. Definitely. And <laughs> I hope it's not coming from somewhere uh, – I hope it's coming from, I hope his intentions are coming from the fact that this country could use some sports. This country could use something to lift each other's spirits and to have some fun on Sundays with safe protocols, Sundays and Saturdays and Thursdays, pretty much Thursday, Friday, Saturday, (laughs) Sunday, Monday. Yeah, well, there's no Maction, so, uh, and that was, I think, Tuesdays or Wednesdays, right? The Mac? That was, uh, those are fun yeah. games. <laughs> um, exactly, and it's amazing. So I think, I hope that that's the place where he's coming from and not necessarily uh, just because those states tend to vote. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, and I, I, I think that that's actually the case. And, and you know, but people are going to, especially Twitter, social media, I can't imagine life. 20 years ago, now that we've had all this social media stuff, because it's crazy. If we lost social media today, I think the world would be a much better place, but that's just my opinion. Um, Pac-12 analyst Nicole Ragoni joining us here. Um, we brought this up with the, the Pac-12 guys in the summer saying a bunch of them didn't want to play until there were certain things, um, but there's a lot of guys opting out of the college football season, which is um, both, I think, good and bad. And you have an interesting take on this, I think. Um, I'm okay with it. It reminds me a lot of guys that are, you know, skipping bowl games to get ready for the NFL. But not knowing if there's a season, it's just there's a lot of guys saying, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go get ready for the big the big time now. Totally. Um, I think it goes many ways, actually. I think if you are somebody that is just a diehard player going to play no matter what, which is a category that I would have probably fallen in, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You can do that. You can play this year and not lose any eligibility, which is huge. When have we ever heard of that? Right. Number two, getting ready for your the, the draft, and that's why you would play. Because if you aren't playing, maybe you aren't even getting drafted. Maybe you're much lower on the draft scale. And number three is I'm too high and too high profile of an athlete that if I get hurt during this 10-game season or if my draft stock goes down, there's really 
no point in playing. And all, and number four, this is the other thing I've considered, is that if you get beat out, so somebody does beat you out in that position and they're a senior and you're just like, hey, I'm a junior, this is too much, yep. I'm not even going to play, I'm going to get ready for next year, I think that's another opportunity because, I mean, practice, do what you can, but stay fit. But that's another reason why I think players would also opt out as well. On that matter, though, they have been blessed with time, the people that are deciding to opt out a season. And I think that that should – I think what we're going to see is I think we're going to see discipline take place or not take place. You have all this time to get ready for the draft and that if you get out of shape, you aren't where you used to be, it's going to show right away. And I think we're going to – I think scouts are going to be able to see really who is made up of what because there just is so much time. They've been blessed with it, but it also can be a curse in some cases when you're not actively in the weight room, you're not actively actively involved with the team, you're not actively involved playing uh, with pads. So we'll see what ends up happening. I'm excited to actually see what comes up, what happens with the draft because I feel like some players are going to just absolutely skyrocket, and the players that might have opted out because of that reason, they might not be as disciplined, and so somebody else maybe from that played is going to move up in the draft stop. One thing, and I brought this up with high school guys, is you know that was the big argument for having a high school season in Montana, especially was well these seniors that haven't you know been offered yet. Well, in my opinion, if you're if you're a great junior, you've already been offered, and you were recruited by Big Sky Pac-12. I mean, you played both. Um, when did you get recruited? And you know because there's there are that rare occasion where a senior has a huge breakout year. I mean, you brought up Joe Burrow. Um, you know, as a, If he had come out the year before, he wouldn't have been the number one draft pick, and that's a lot of money. But at high school to college, there's rare occasions where a guy has a breakout year or a girl has a breakout year. You've been recruited already. Coaches already have your tapes. What's your thoughts on that? I do agree with that. So my recruiting story is kind of funky. I was offered immediately as a – going into my freshman year of high school from Portland State. Wow. Um, but a lot of those coaches that were at my volleyball club, they were already Portland State coaches. Mm. So they kind of knew, like, I was going to be trained. I was going to – where kind of where I was going and uh, what was going to happen with me and my outcome the next four years. So they saw me day to day. They saw how much I worked as an eighth grader. So they were excited about that. Um I committed, actually, my sophomore year of high school to University of Oregon. Um, and then some coaching things changed uh, when I was in high school, and then I ended up committing to Eastern Washington and then on to Washington State. But I had players on my team that were not offered until their senior year at Division One programs. Now, they came from – and with football, this is harder. With – Volleyball, you can play it all year long. Right. High school doesn't really matter, but club matters. So I had girls that were going to Division One colleges based off of their senior year play because, A, a program had an open scholarship. They were looking for an outside hitter. I mean, I feel like schools are always looking for good hitters. Um, so it, it, it just varies. But with high school, I can't imagine how it would be much easier because boys develop later. So – if you're a junior and you have a breakout season, I'm sure you're getting tons of offers. But if you're – I feel like as – and I don't know enough about this topic, topic to speak on football, but I feel like as a senior, if you all of a sudden, you know, grow five inches and gain, like, 30 pounds, 
um, and your, your body's just able to do more, I'm sure there's going to be some schools that will pick you up. But the recruiting pool right now is another aspect that I've talked to you about previously mm-hmm. with how um, they're – how am I going to phrase this? With the draft stock and them potential, and college athletes potentially having to be more disciplined than ever and getting ready for the draft, I feel the same way about high school students getting ready for potentially offers that will be on the table because there are going to be athletes that are just not disciplined right now. And it, the strong will survive, the cream will rise to the top, however you want to explain it, that's what's going to take place in recruiting because there's just going to be such a backup with kids that they're just going to take the best kids and that you could have a better opportunity just because you're physically fitter, you're ready to go, you're mentally, emotionally, and spiritually on the path of getting ready for college. That if this kid, XYZ kid, has maybe more talent but is like 30 pounds overweight, I don't know what's going to happen there. Well, here's an interesting thought, too, and, and, and I've talked to some college coaches about this, is there's going to be less opportunities, I think, to be recruited because we, with the extension of – you know, eligibility, you know, you look at Montana State, for instance, they have like 44 juniors that are going to be seniors next year. Well, what happens to those seniors this year if they decide to opt out in the spring if there is a season and they come back? Then you're looking at upwards of 60-plus seniors, and then that affects the next few recruiting classes after that. And it's a big, big deal, I think, right now, especially for football uh, but I would think that volleyball, softball, other sports are going to see this this too because you're going to have players that are going to be there five, six, seven years now. <laughs> Before it used to be an accident. Now it's going to be on purpose. Right? Yeah. yeah. Everybody's uh, Van Wilder now. <laughs> I, I totally. Um, what I think is going to happen is that they're just going to extend – the NCAA is just going to extend more scholarships at this time. They're just going to create more scholarships, and then it'll go back to normal once we start getting back to normality, which who knows when that's going right. to happen. But they're going to give more scholarships, and with that, they're going to have more kids, and then there's going to be more red shirts. And it's just going to come down to how much you really want to play. Because some people, there are, there are people, even in college athletics, that are just kind of like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Like, I'm done. Or they're just going to play three years, get their education, maybe four. It, it really is going to vary. I talked to um, the Oregon State head coach for volleyball, and I asked him, I was like, what's the deal with recruiting right now? Like, how are you handling this? And he instantly said, he goes, some people are going to have to redshirt, some people are going to play, but it's not based off of their ability right now. If we can put the best six players on the floor and we can give you time to get ready for when it is normal, then that's what we're going to do. Interesting. Uh, Nicole Ragoni, our guest here. I know you wanted to talk about volleyball, um, and maybe we can do that next week, but let's jump to the NBA quick. Steve Nash getting the, the job with the Brooklyn Nets. And Stephen A. Smith today was, he was, only, well, he was Stephen A. And basically said it's white privilege, and it was a joke. And, and Stephen A. likes to just, you know, talk to hear himself, hear his own voice. But you know that there's two real... Kyrie Irving and, and, and Kevin Durant, who are not white privilege, um, really are the ones that made this choice. And you look at Kevin Durant had that relationship with Steve Nash at Golden State. Um, this is a good hire. What, you know, give me your thoughts on this. I think it's a fantastic hire. He's a Hall of Famer. He knows, in my opinion, the guy's going to know naturally how to coach players because he was one. He's mm-hmm. been there. And just like I know I compare everything to volleyball here, <laughs> but <laughs> – 
setters and guards and quarterbacks and pitchers all do the same thing. They are, they know the game better than anybody else on the floor, period. I don't care what anybody says. We study it more. We have to. And we have to get to know how to make every player on the floor, on the field, wherever you're participating in sports, better and use their strengths and use their weaknesses and place them in certain positions where they're going to be their best because we know as guards, setters, as the people that are the quarterbacks, that we can't do it on our own. Um, And so we have to make sure that the stars are shining and that they're doing the best that they possibly can in the areas that they can do the best in. And I think that having that hire at uh, the Brooklyn Nets is going to be exciting, especially with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both giving them the nod. Um, He might not have a lot of coaching experience, but let's be honest. I was in probably the sixth grade going to a Trailblazer game with my dad and obviously hearing like room, like just talk of Steve Nash being in town. And when we went to go watch, watch him, I instantly knew that that guy is a smart player and look at his stature. I mean, look at his body type. It's not because he didn't make it to the NBA because he's genetically gifted. He made it to the NBA because he is smart and he knows how to put people in the right situations. And on top of it, he's a phenomenal player. And there, I think a lot of people take Stephen A. out of this and his racial tones behind it, but you look at people that say, look, this guy doesn't have a, a head coaching experience at all, um, but sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that works out. Now, it didn't work out for Magic Johnson because he was terrible as a head coach, but maybe it works out for Steve Nash. Yeah, maybe it does. And you know what? I will say this. If I wanted to get into coaching right now and I don't have any college uh, coaching experience, I could get into it right away. I don't know if I'd be a head coach and in what program, I don't know, but I definitely could be an assistant somewhere. And so I think when you've played the game and you're trying to get into coaching and you're taking it very seriously, which obviously Steve Nash is going for the head coaching job at the Nets, he's taking it very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> he's not just being an assistant. Um, that I, I, I just think it translates over well because you've just been there and he's had success. He knows what it takes, and if he can get in that that program and turn things around, woo, yeah. it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I was listening to Dan Patrick's show today, and Seton uh, O'Connor, uh, one of his music guy, but one of his uh, uh, the Danettes, was saying, "You look at Steve Kerr." Now, I'm not a Steve Kerr fan, but he was a great player with the Bulls and you know the the Spurs, but he also was a general manager. And so he has that player experience and the front office experience to be a great head coach. Now, he's got hellacious talent around him most of the time, except for this last year. But when you look at a guy like Steve Nash, same thing. He worked in the front office with Golden State. He worked with Steve Kerr. He was a great player, like you said, a Hall of Famer. Um, I think the players are going to relate to him well because he's had both sides of the spectrum like Steve Kerr did. And he just has a lot of respect. Yep. Like, period. He just have a lot of respect. He has a lot of respect in the NBA, and he knows how to work through issues. He knows how to work through being at your high and being at your low. And players will always be able to relate to somebody that has actually been there. I mean, I, I remember talking to some girls that are going to be Pac-12 players, and they immediately reached out to me because I played in the Pac-12 and they want to know what it's like, and I shot them straight. I'm like, this is what you're going to get. It's not going to be easy. You're playing at a conference that is the toughest volleyball conference in the country. And so when you can relate with somebody, um, especially at the NBA level, that, hey, 
these are the what are what is considered to be the best basketball players in the world that are playing this, and Steve Nash is put into that category as well, not as a coach yet, but as a player, they're going to be able to relate and they're going to be able to have conversations and comfortable conversations um, that you just couldn't get from people that just haven't been there. All right, so i got to ask you, Nicole, uh, what's – okay, so you've got the big football book behind you. Um, who, well, who's in the picture in, in next to you? Oh, there's your dad in his Grizz uniform. This is dad, I, yes. I did I talk to Coach Van Deest about your dad, um, said he was a great player. Here, I'll get the exact quote. Um, so that's your dad in his Grizzly uniform, which is pretty cool. Um, 7 to 80, by the way. Okay. Uh, 1980 said, uh, Arnie, is that his his name? Yeah, Arnie was a threat defensive tackle for me in 1980, one of my all-time favorites. So there you go. Mike Van Deese. So you can, you can, you can, uh, relay that. Um, I will definitely share that. And then we've got to get, um, we got to get you some, we got to see some of your awards next time behind you. I, okay, so when I was building this, whatever you want to call it, home <laughs> office, like this is this is what's here. We have Phil Knight Shoe Dog. We have an ESPN Mike flag. Nice. We have a Magnolia Table book. Ooh. Just you know, cooking. Um, for the love of the game, my story, Michael Jordan. This uh, is actually a, like an antique book. Okay. Um, and then Sports Illustrated fifty. Okay. And then on this side is Mama Rigoni. Nice. Formerly Mama or Wendy Hoyt, not Mama at the time. So that and is that her volleyball outfit? Her volleyball outfit. Oh man. I'm trying to get the glare out of there. Old school Grizz. <laughs> Old school Grizz, that's right. <laughs> and then we have my favorite Washington State team, which is the twenty sixteen team. Okay. And this group was just fun. So yeah. yeah. That's what we got. I like it. The home office. I like it. Oh, Pac-12 Pac-12 Mike Mike flag. Yeah. Um, Yep. When I worked in radio, I wanted Mike flags, and the boss wouldn't buy them, so. Ah. I was bummed because I thought that would be kind of cool. You gotta have them. I know. I need to get some on the on my mics here, but. um, So yeah, I like the uh, I like the photos. Make sure you pass along Coach Van Deest's message. Um, I definitely will. You can follow Nicole at Nicole Ragoni on the Twitter. And uh, she's she's great. And I know we didn't get to half the stuff you wanted to, but we can, we, you know, next time we're just we're get, we're figuring this this thing out as we go here. That's what she said. Um, brought to you by Dinners Done. That's right. what she said. Yeah. See, when I first <laughs> I when I first when I first talked about naming that segment, and I you know did it back in the um, the old radio days, and my program guy at the time is like, that's great because. You hear, you know, they say, oh, that's what she said. And then it's people think, like, oh, that's what she said. But it's a woman's perspective, and I like it. It is a woman's perspective. I think it's hilarious. I think it's good. <laughs> hey, real oh, quick. I love it. Jay Cutler and Tommy Lauren are dating, supposedly. Did you did you see that today? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I did not see that, but I did see Patrick Mahomes propose to his girlfriend. Oh, by the way. Back to um, the Giselle comment. Oh, yeah. Whoa, I did not see that coming. Yeah, I'm a, you're going to have to listen tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, there's a book. It's called The the Dynasty. Jeff Benedict uh, got, uh, he got Robert Kraft. He got Belichick. He got Parcel. Uh, he got all these guys. And apparently Giselle wanted out of New England. 
And so that kind of kick-started Tom leaving, social distance saying, I'm gone, to go to Tampa Bay. That's so crazy. She was like, you know, and enough's enough. Forget the dynasty. You've done right? it here, Tom. <laughs> I'm like, what? You could never do that. You I can't know. leave. Yeah, but, so. Uh, hey, I mean, he's old enough that it's just kind of like, I've done enough here and I can go do it somewhere else. Do you think he'll play till he's 50? That's what he wants. I do. I really? think anything that Tom says, says he's going to do, he's probably going to do it. Um, <laughs> so we've yeah. tried to doubt him. We've tried to doubt him, people. I know. I, think we need I, to know. Learn. I know. <laughs> uh, so supposedly this book, and I can't wait because we're going to talk to this guy tomorrow, the author. Um, it, apparently there was an agonizing decision to pass over Drew Bledsoe for Tom Brady um, when Drew got hurt, came back. And then um, we're going to talk to Flategate, Tapegate, all of that. And then, yeah, point number six Tom Brady, under pressure from wife Giselle, leaves New England for warmer weather. So, there you go. Hey, there's some people that get clinically depressed from weather, and maybe Giselle was just like, I can't take it anymore, Tom. We've got to go. <laughs> and, hey, you can't argue with that. No, no, and you always listen to the woman. That's that's what I was taught, so there you go. Happy happy life, or what is the same? What, happy wife, wife happy, happy life. life. Yep. Yep. Uh, Nicole, appreciate it. I'm looking forward to next Thursday. I can't wait to see what uh, is going to be on the topic plate next week. And uh, take care out there. But uh, if you need anything, let me know, and we'll talk next Thursday, same time. All righty. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank it's you. It's the Wild West. I'm sure there's going to be new things to talk about. <laughs> there's going to be – you know, and you can jump on it. There's breaking news. Just let me know. We can, we can make this a Monday, every, any day you want. But Thursdays are solidified, but if there's some breaking, you just, you're our go-to now. So I like it. Uh, Nicole Rigoni. That's what she said. Yes, that is what she said. It is Nicole Rigoni. Give her a follow on Twitter. We will see you next Thursday for sure. Um, enjoy Oregon, and we'll talk soon. Bye. That is uh, Nicole Rigoni joining us. That's what she said, presented by Dinner's Done Right. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to that because Nicole is super smart and she knows what she's talking about, and I can't wait to, uh, to chat with her some more. Segment brought to you by our friends at Rutgers Furniture as well as Mark LaRoe Photography. Make sure you get a hold of Mark and book your senior portrait uh, or family portrait package. He'll give you an unbelievable discount for buying something. But then also if you um, – here, let me go back to this. If you – Purchase, you get 20% off anything from Mark LaRoe. Uh, and then also, uh, if you book a package and mention the Jason Walker Show, free 8x10 canvas or matte print. So good stuff. Rutgers Furniture and Mark LaRoe Photography. We appreciate um, both of you extremely, as we do all of our sponsors, including Capital Collision Center. Coming right back, six-man football news next. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. 
Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark has been shooting beautiful photos all across the Treasure State from rodeos to portraits and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work. Then give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. MarkLaRoePhotography.com uh, Live look, thanks to EarthCam, uh, from the Washington Monument. Looking uh, back towards... The uh, Reflecting Pond, Lincoln Memorial, beautiful shot, Earth Cam. you believe the mayor of D.C. said something about tearing down the Washington Monument and Lincoln Memorial? you kidding me? Anyway, huge, huge thanks, Nicole Ragoni. That's going to be so much fun. That's what she said every Thursday right here, Jason Walker Show, presented by Capital Collision Center. Um... And speaking of Capital Collision Center, holy cow, good stuff. So I told you about fixing my truck. Well, you know, they did it perfectly. Like, to manufacture, I mean, it's like I just drove it off the lot in wherever Chevys are made. Um, Michigan, whatever. Um, Manufacturers have a repair manual for repairs for those vehicles, and they spent millions of dollars. To get this, pro- they want their vehicles properly repaired to their specifications. Well, Capital Collision actually has a book that they follow step by step by step on how to put your vehicle back together if it's been in an accident. And my my stepdad, when I got my my truck back a couple weeks ago, was looking at it and he's like, "Man, the grooves, the spacings, like he he like he's like you can't tell it was in a wreck, and it was I mean from." One side or one from the back to the front or from front to the back when I got hit. But unbelievable, the work Capital Collision Center did. Um, tomorrow, great show. Well, the Barry Abrams will talk Kentucky Derby. Jeff Benedict as well, who uh, has just written a book that comes out next week called The Dynasty. 
Lots of inside secrets on the New England Patriots. Next week, Flint Rasmussen will be a guest, as well as uh, Super Nanny. Joe Frost will be a guest. Um, why? Because she's going to talk about quarantine and sending kids back to school, uh, plus the in, in-person and out-of-person learning. It's just she's got some great insight, and so we're going to talk to Super Nanny next week. Uh, here on the Jason Walker Show, which is going to be a lot of fun. And also, we'll get you set for the uh, AA football season to get started next week. It's going to happen. All right. Uh, well, so, real quick, there's some uh, Class C football news of the six-man variety. They're uh, going to start a week earlier. And uh, originally scheduled to begin the last week of October, they're going to move it up a week. MHSA Executive Board approved uh, the proposal. So the first round of six-man will now be October 23rd and 24th. 16 teams, and the championship is now going to be a week earlier. So um, that'll be uh, interesting to see. So non-conference games have already been taken out from the six-man, as as well as most uh, schools. But um, So there you go. There were, the regular season uh, was scheduled to end October 17th, so there was going to be an open week, basically two weeks, like the Super Bowl, between the end of the regular season and the uh, uh, playoffs. So they just shortened that up a little bit. So there you go. We'll, and that's if they get through all the way uh, through the season, which we hope. All right, there was some, uh, some news that came out today as well. Um, Penn State. Director of Athletic Medicine, says roughly a third of Big Ten athletes who contracted COVID-19 have shown symptoms of myocarditis, an inflammation of the heart muscle. Wayne Sebastianelli, who is a team doctor for Penn State football, uh, told SI.com, revealed the findings uh, Monday during a local uh, state college area school district board of directors meeting. So cardiac scans of Big Ten athletes with COVID-19 showed, quote, 30 to roughly 35% of their heart muscles, end quote, indicated symptoms of the condition. And as he said, just don't know what to do with it right now. Uh, It's early in the infection. And a lot of that, as we've talked about, led to the Pac-12 decision, the Big Ten decision to postpone the seasons. Because there is not a lot known about COVID-19. Now, ESPN today came out and said half of the 65 schools in the Power 5 conferences are not sharing data about how many positive COVID-19 tests they've had. Of the 26 schools that did respond to ESPN survey, only Oregon State reported having an athlete who developed heart-related issues after COVID-19. However, it was not myocarditis. But... A lot of Big Ten athletes have had this. And a lot of people just don't know. A lot of people don't know. All right, let's get to On This Day in History. And let's uh, get to that immediately after I do that. I had to push that button. All right, let's do that. Um, oh, so real quick, I want to do, uh, speaking of what we were talking about, um, Seth Davis, who covers hoops, majority, uh, but he came on Twitter, at Seth Davis Hoops. He said today that 
his conversations with the higher-ups in Pac-12, it's probably too late to have football in the fall. Because the, and we brought this up with Nicole Rigoni, but the, like California schools still can't practice, nor can Oregon. So they're looking uh, around Thanksgiving, possibly. Uh, Ross Dellinger uh, says, realistic to start camp in December, kick off in January. So that could be uh, something, too. Today is uh, September the 3rd. It is National Welsh Rarebit Day. And that is rarebit, meaning rabbit, but it is not in the dish. Rabbit, it's just... Not. U.S. Bowling League Day. 1881, the first U.S. National Men's Championship for tennis. Richard Sears would win. 1911 at the uh, U.S. Open. William Larned won his fifth consecutive and seventh overall U.S. singles title. Grover Cleveland Alexander, 1917, pitched a doubleheader win. He, he won both games of a doubleheader, went complete games, both. 1928, Ty Cobb recorded his 4,191st and last hit. He was a pinch hitter. 1932, Jimmy Fox of the A's hit his 50th and 51st home runs, becoming just the third to reach 50 in a season. Babe Ruth, Hack Wilson. 1938, the 1940 Olympic site moved from Tokyo to Helsinki because of war. World War II eventually caused the cancellation of the 1940 Olympics. Uh, Philadelphia A's rookie Bill McCahan pitched the no-hitter on this date in 1947. Warren Spahn of the Braves in 1957, then in Milwaukee, set an NL record for a left-hander with his 41st shutout. 1977, Sadahara O hit his 756 career home run, surpassing Hank Aaron as the all-time career leader in professional baseball. 1989, Chris Everett beat Monica Sellis, who was 15 at the time, for her 101st and final U.S. Open singles victory. At the time, a record. It stood for, what, 31 years? It was broken by Serena Williams, won her 102nd career U.S. Open match the other day. Uh, 2001, Bud Smith of St. Louis. He was a rookie, had a no-hitter. 2006, Andre Agassi lost to Benjamin Becker in his final career match, the eight-time Grand Slam winner. Uh, happy birthday, Sean White, born on this date in 1986. Vince Lombardi died on this date in 1970. A couple of other birthdays, Alan Ladd, who played Shane in the movie Shane, was born on this date in 1913. And Charlie Sheen was born on this date in 1965. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. Well, we learned that uh, fans will be in the stands, potentially, starting this weekend in Lewis and Clark County. And probably for sure next week. Don't screw it up, parents. Listen to the rules. Tomorrow, Barry Abrams, Jeff Benedict. Barry's going to talk Kentucky Derby. Jeff's going to talk New England Patriots. Huge thanks, Nicole Ragoni. If you missed anything, you can listen again. JasonWalkerShow.com. And then uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow to wrap up the week at 4, the Jason Walker Show. Presented by Capital Collision Center. Till tomorrow, have yourself a terrific Thursday as we get set for a fantastic Friday. Take care. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.